I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Lucky Bud joins me again, the historian and author with uh, the artist Roy Henry Vickers, recently published a new book for children, A is for Anemone, a first West Coast alphabet. It features the legendary artwork of Vickers and uh, rhythmic text to go with it. Lucky will tell us about the writing of this book as well as his collaboration with Roy. The book is also beautifully embossed, providing a richer experience for young and not-so-young readers alike. Robert Budd holds an M.A. in history and has digitized many high-profile history collections, including that of the Nishka First Nation. He is the author of Voices of British Columbia, which was shortlisted for a B.C. Book Prize, and Echoes of British Columbia. Visit memoriestomemoirs.ca for more. Last year, Lucky received the uh, Distinguished Alumni Award from his alma mater, the uh, University of Victoria. This new book is from Harbour Publishing. We taped this interview in mid-September. Please welcome back to the Plant Online program, Lucky Bud. Mr. Bud, good morning. Oh, good morning. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Nice to talk to you, too. Um, where can we find Anemone? Uh, I think you can find it everywhere. Uh, from what I understand, it's uh, doing quite well. They've actually ordered a second pressing already, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting to see so many little ones having fun with this one. I, I enjoyed A is for Anemone a great deal um, <laughs> because it was a fast grade, but no beyond that. Um, <laughs> It's beautiful. I mean, Roy's work is beautiful. And then the, the embossing um, on each page, um, it, it just makes the, the, the images come alive. Whose idea was really that to, to do that? Well, I think that it's something that's kind of been developing over time. I mean, I remember when we first talked to Harbor Publishing back in, what was it, 2012, when I first contacted them about Raven Brings the Light and that mm-hmm. whole series. I remember saying to them, you know, Roy and I are working on something. You're going to have the opportunity to make something probably more beautiful than you guys have ever done before. And when we sent them the files, what they came back with, with their design and with the way that Raven Brings the Light came out, it really was just so exquisite and gorgeous. And I think we've just been kind of on that trajectory with Harbor Publishing ever since. So, um, you know, when the board book come together, uh, it may have even been uh, Anna, who works at Harbor, uh-huh. who was like, oh, well, if we add this little embossing layer and if we do this, and, you know, it really has become a team effort with how to make these books really just sparkle as well as they can. It's, it's been genuinely nothing but a pleasure. I can just imagine as a kid um, how fun it is to read, obviously, uh, how to yeah, pronounce you know. some of the words, but then, yeah, the embossing <laughs> really does... It really does add something to the experience of reading it. Yeah, it puts a lot of more depth into it as well for parents. Like as someone who's been reading to my kids now for 10 years since uh-huh. my son was born, you know, you end up going back to those books that have a little bit more depth to them, a little bit more um, like additional layers behind everything. And so we try to, you know, put as much goodness into these things as we possibly can. I remember when we were working on One Eagle Soaring, for example, when yeah. we were thinking about the different numbers. You know, when Roy was doing, you know, five sea lions sitting on a rock, you know, we put in, or he put in five sunbeams, you know, or there'd be five birds, or mm. just something else just to give it a little bit of extra pizzazz. And so when it came to the alphabet book, there was so much more that we could do because it was a bigger size, first of all, and second of all, there was more pages to play with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. How, how much fun is that, you know? Indeed. Um, how, some of the images are um, familiar to me. I've seen them before. How do yep. you decide what goes with what letter? You know, one of the things we were doing um, when I started brainstorming this and when we were going to talk about it is, you know, I kind of came up with a short list for 
you know, different words. So, you know, B, you know, I had beaches, mm. you know, and, you know, for C, there was like so many of them. E, obviously, for Eagle was like immediate. And <clears throat> then Roy and I would have a conversation where we would then brainstorm on top of that and say, well, no, I don't really like that or I think this. So I kind of started with a little bit of a template and then we just kind of hammered out from there and then he lets me go again. And then, but you know, one of the things that I realized for this book that we could do is we could find a way to put in some of his more iconic images mm. that, you know, haven't really been used like this. So for example, E for Eagle, you know, um, Eagle's moon is one of his most iconic images yeah, ever. Yeah. And to have the opportunity to put that in a book, but then when we were looking at S for Sunset, you know, I talked with him about, like, well, why don't we use Skywatch Rock? And right. now all of a sudden we have your two most iconic images ever are both included in this book. And, of course, there were some adjustments made and some things changed. But, the, you know, but just the opportunity to include those two together, it was brilliant, you know. And so one of the things that I say to him when I say, okay, so we're thinking, you know, e Eagle, he'd be like, well, Eagle's Moon. And yeah. I see it as well. Like, oh, that's a no-brainer. Well, but what do you think for, you know, D, you know, should we use like dog fit? And so we, some of them we have to hammer out. Other ones, it's just literally a conversation where I will say, you know, I was thinking this, and immediately the image that could be used comes to mind, or it's a brainstorm of what could be done. So it, it really is an image by image thing, but almost always it's unanimous. Like, oh, yeah, 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 that one, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, you and I have talked before about the the process of collaboration with Rive. I've talked to him too about about uh, how the two of you work. I've always found that fascinating in terms of, of um, how you both work. Um, you always have something on the go, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, um, you know. I kind of remember the first time I went up to his house uh, in Hamilton. We were working on a project. It was March of 2013, mm -hmm. and. He and I were just sitting around playing guitar for hours at the end of the day after dinner. And eventually his wife was like, uh, Roy, it's time to go to bed. It's like, it was kind of like two 13-year-old kids just, you know, so excited to be playing together. Um, I feel like when he and I start talking about projects, you know, three or four ideas pop up um, every single time. It's just a matter of which one's going to happen now, what are we going to work on next. Um, the amount of inspiration we get from our collaboration is inspiring and amazing the thing is, is that you know we're so proactive that it actually happens so i think raven brings the light came out in 2013 uh -huh. and ace for anemone was our 11th book together wow. since then and it's you know yeah i mean we're just we're just rolling right along you know and, and um, what is working with roy how has that affected your your appreciation of art not, not just his art but art in general oh so deeply i mean i look at things I mean, one of the things that he always talks about is the word respect and how it's related to, you know, spec, spectacles, like how you look at things. So a way that you can respect something, not just respect, is to look at it in a different way. And when I'm working on these projects with him, when it's working on something where I'll say I have an idea, you know, he finds a way to try to figure out what I'm saying, and we, we can usually do that. But occasionally he'll just be like, no, no, I see that. I know exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, a couple hours later, he'll send me an image that he's just made. And to be privy to the joy that comes in each one of those images or with each one of the brainstorming sessions or it's there's so much joy involved in all of it yeah. that now whenever I look at art, um, I'm not just looking at what I see, but I'm thinking, you know, what did they see? Where did this come from? And I try to look for, like, different layers 
because he's really shown me the, all the different layers of meaning that go into every individual piece. You got to really look at things, and as he says, respect them, look at them in a different way. And yeah, it's, it's changed how I look at a lot of things in life, not just art, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about how it affected your writing, but I mean, it's, it's clear already just how it changes one's life, doesn't it? it? Well, it really does. And one of the things with the writing is, <clears throat> since he and I are both working from such an inspired place, uh -huh. um, I just usually just try to get down as much as quickly as possible and then turn off that built-in editor and look at it later. I remember mm. telling someone a little while ago, for these books, a lot of the time it has to do with melody. So when we were working on our first board book together, which was Hello Humpback, I had the song in my head before I had the words. So the pattern was da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then it was a matter of just plugging in the words because the melody was so clear to me as to what I was doing. Yeah. But it took me 11 drafts. And that book, I think, is only 40 or 42 words. It took me 11 <laughs> drafts to get the words right. Yeah. But because I had the melody, once it worked, it was like you just step away from it. But I had to look at it in so many different angles. And, of course, working with the great people at Harbor, I can shoot them something or shoot something to Roy. Obviously, he's like one of the most gifted storytellers in the world. Um, you know, you just kind of pass it back and forth and give each other your opinions. And I try not to get too hung up on any individual draft because I know I need to look at it again. Yeah, yeah. So he once told me this incredible story about this painting he was working on. I think it was called um, West Coast Sunset in 1982. And it was the first image that he ever did where he used colors, because he's colorblind, uh -huh, where uh -huh. he used colors in the sky. And he painted it, and he left for about a week. And he came back to it a week later just to look at it again. And the impact of what he had done didn't really even hit him until he looked at it again a week later. Like, he knew he needed to step away from it. And a lot of the time with writing, I find that I need to do the same thing. It's just like, step away from it, not be too judgy, and then come back to it with fresh eyes. And again, it, it all comes back to that idea of, you know, respecting something, looking at it in a, in a fresh and different way. Yeah. So the other thing is that I'm reading A for Anemone is um, uh, the, the understanding of our environment, our natural surroundings here on the West Coast. I mean, that's something yeah. that comes through in, in, in all of your work with Roy. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it's also, um, the, the book doesn't lack for, for the, the role that we as people play. Um, right. w whether it's, uh, say, the clam diggers or, or the hikers, the, the, the fishing boats themselves. Sure. Um, th that's something that we shouldn't lose sight of. I mean, th that goes to the, the, the conservation part of it as well, doesn't it? So the way that this whole book series came about to begin with is that Roy and I were um, on his deck um, in Hazleton overlooking the Schema River with our friend Tizia, and my kids were playing with her kids down below us, and this eagle flew over the river and landed in a tree. And Titia said to us, I wish that I had a book that could explain this to my one-year-old. And so right from the very beginning, the mission of these board books was how do we explain the world around us on the West Coast? And of course, that includes an element of the human, um, you know, involvement in sure, that. Yeah. And so when we do a book like uh, A is for Anemone, it's not just the impact of humans, it's also respecting the heritage, because, you know, Roy's you know, ancestry on here on the West Coast on his father's side had been digging for clams for thousands of years. It's something that, you know, is alive and happening. So it's a matter of paying, you know, homage to the history, but also looking at the impact that, you know, humans have and just doing it in a very respectful, gentle way, which is why we wanted to include hikers. Mm. You know, it's something that we do 
so that it's familiar to the to the readers. Um, yeah, and you know, just playing on the beach, whatever it might yeah. be. Um, so yeah, it's it's really exciting to try to incorporate the natural world and our relationship with the natural world. And again, that's what I was alluding to when I said you know various <clears throat> layers of meaning. Yeah, what um, this appreciation that you both have uh, for for the natural world, our, our surroundings, um, for you personally, that's something that you knew early on, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's actually really interesting because I was born in Toronto in the big city, mm. you know. Um, but for me, one of my, you know, most peaceful in parts of my entire life is like being outside looking at the stars. That's very much been like a huge part of my life. It's one, it's a passion of mine, you know. And so here I am, this city kid who then comes out to the West Coast and, you know, I meet with someone like Roy who grew up on the water and has such like a deeper um, appreciation and can teach me so much about the world around us and how the winds blow and how the tides work and you know I mean I very much feel like I, I learn so much whenever we talk about anything especially when it comes to art because I'll mess, you know I'll have an idea and he'd say something to me occasionally like well that's not really how it works because if the wind is coming in this direction and this thing would be how oh I didn't think of it that way so um, we both bring a very much different appreciation um, and perspective to to all of it so it's it's, it's really interesting, and it's always incredible learning from him in that way. Well, what I admire about this book especially um, is that um, you have a, a concerted goal here in terms of reaching young readers, mm-hmm. and, and that's important, isn't it? Because, I mean, I, I read at an early age, and I can't tell you how much better my life is because of it. Well, that's it. You know, for me, the, the, the bonding time that I had even with my children, even as newborn babies, sitting in the chair, looking at books together, looking at the pictures, um, that bonding time and that time, um, you know, interacting with the art, interacting with the words, interacting with the rhythm of my voice, and just interacting with each other is, I mean, my kids are voracious readers. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a love that goes forever. And you know what? Now that my kids are 8 and 10, I still read with them every single night. You know, it's something that is, is incredibly important. And to have some content where kids can start understanding and bonding with, you know, the natural world and, um, you know, the sights, sounds, smells, feels of, you know, where we live here is, is really incredibly important. But it's also important for educating people all across the world and all across Canada. So it's really exciting to see these books resonating out further than just British Columbia out into the world and, and helping people, you know, and kids especially find some, some of the beach, you know, the beauty and the truth that we have out here in this incredible place. You, you mentioned your kids, um, your son's uh, love of words, and, and <laughs> I think it has become world, yeah, worldwide known, hasn't it? That's right. So that's right. You know, with this whole levodrome thing, making up a word that is, you know, being considered for the dictionary has yeah. been quite the journey. And yeah, his fascination with language and words, but my daughter as well just mm. absolutely loves reading. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, we go to the library at least once a week. It's like a thing for our family. Can we go to the library today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> So it's really exciting to go and for them to see the books that I've been working on there. And it's, it's yeah, it's that love of connecting and looking at, at books together is something that lasts for your whole your whole life. It also seems uh, lucky that everything that you and Roy have done has sold well and, mm-hmm. and has also been well-received. I mean, as someone whose work this, this all is, I mean, that must be gratifying. Yeah, I mean, it, it ultimately is. I mean, we work in this, you know, little bubble between us where, 
you know, I work from home, he works from home, we're on the phone with each other a lot, almost every day, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're very good friends. You work on this project, and you're really, really excited about it, and you have such a, you understand the impact of what you could be doing. And then to step back, and when you see it actually resonating out in the world, it's, it's amazing. And I mean, Roy can talk to you at this great detail, but, you know, the reason he became an artist in the first place was because he wanted to educate the world about the beauty of the people, cultures, and environment that we have here on the West Coast. And so for him, all these years later, to see this reaching so many people through these books is, is incredibly satisfying. And I'm really just really um, humbled a lot of the time to just be playing my small part in helping to make that happen. It's been a, it's been a true gift for us both, I think. So this is a creative process that, that, that you both go through. Oh, absolutely. Um, what is that like in terms? I mean, you must have differences from time to time. How do you deal with those? Uh, I don't really think about it that much. We both just start laughing and we giggle a lot, and then occasionally something will come up, and we just we're working together toward a common goal. There's very little ego. Mm. You know, we just we just hammer it out. If something comes up, and I mean, the ways that I think of it more is, you know, I'll say to him, you know, we need an image for this, and he'll say something like, well. I don't really see it that way. The way that I see it is this. And then we kind of hammer it out. And by the time we're done, we're both kind of laughing and really excited about the thing that we've just hammered out. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like they're like puzzle pieces, but it, the whole time it's not like, you know, we're just working together. It's, yeah. it's very, we've got a real symbiotic relationship. And I think the reason why the books do so well is because there's so much joy in that process. I think it really transfers into the books. I mean, you pick up the books and they're exciting. You know, there's a lot of love, a lot of joy, and a lot of very conscious decisions that go along the way. Have you been able to see each other lately? I haven't seen Roy in almost two years. It was almost two years ago, November. And yeah. it's actually interesting when he and I have a new book or I have a book come out ever, I take six copies of them and I sign them or I get them signed and I put them in my basement for my grandchildren. Mm. You know, my, my grandchildren who have not yet even, you know, my kids are just little, but I think yeah. way down the road and I've got like three or four, you know, books, six of them, just waiting to be signed because we've done so much in that meantime and I haven't even seen them yet, you know? Yeah. But uh, we talk we talk every day, almost every day at least. Yeah. Um, and then what, what, what's next after uh, this book? Well, he'll be able to talk to you about that, but we're putting a finishing touches on a book that is very near and dear to his heart called Ben the Sea Lion, about a sea lion that he raised uh, as a child, you know, that came home. And so Ben the Sea Lion is almost done, and We've got another book in the works that I'm incredibly excited about, about Bill Miner, the the only successful train robber in the history of Canada that we had here in B.C., who literally took the money that he stole from the CPR and did everything he could to be like a Robin Hood-type figure and give back to the community. And I did a whole bunch of research and found a whole bunch of interviews with people who knew him and put together this book about, you know, what that was like in his time period. It's a real historical book, and I see Roy's art and it's so unbelievably clearly so. I'm hoping we can get going on that fairly soon. And, you know, I've also been working on this memoir with him for about 10 years, which is how we met in the first place. And mm-hmm. that's still in the works. Uh, I recently finished a draft of it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll get going on that. And, I mean, there's always so many ideas, you know. Well, it's, it's a, such a pleasure to talk to you again. <laughs> and, and I look forward to, to many more conversations in the I future. I really appreciate it, Joe. You, uh, you just keep doing awesome over there. We really appreciate you. And keep well. Yeah, thank you. You too. The book is called A is for Anemone, a first West Coast alphabet. It is published by uh, Harbor. 
Visit memoriestomemoirs.ca for more. That's Lucky's website. Lucky Bud, join me on the line from Victoria in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.